this will probably be just more like a conversation. Is that okay? We had enough already this morning. But I really feel like an anointing here to bless. So we continue to draw the anointing. I read this last week. 30, verse 18, Therefore the Lord longs to be gracious to you. Therefore he waits on high to have compassion on you. For the Lord is a God of justice. How blessed are those who long for him. Lord, we want to get to know your loving kindness, your hesed everlasting love I love this the Lord longs to be gracious to you and therefore he waits on high to have compassion on you we sang this song be done unto me according to thy will and it is And I think that we are here because the Lord is doing it. He is working in us His will and to do of His perfect will. It's not easy. It's not easy. That's why He gave us relationships. That's why He gave us gifts. We, I do not have all the gifts that I need. I do not have all the answers that I need. You know, and the other song that we were singing, you know, when, when I saw you in need, it was when you saw somebody in need. Uh, who, how did you touch me? When somebody reached out to me. So, this is not, like I said, it's not a, a word. We, we have enough. But one thing that I was thinking about is, I want to bless this week in our preparation for Rosh Hashanah, a new year, the God calendar. You know, and we prepare our hearts. We, we repent. We forgive. And we say, Lord, be done unto us according to what you want. Lead us from here. You, you long to have compassion. You long to give us another opportunity. The father longed to see that missing son come back. It doesn't matter how many times we make mistakes and sin. He longs for you to return to him and say, Abba, can I come in? Can I come back home? So here's the homework. This week, you ask the Father, Father, Abba, who am I? What are the gifts that you gave to me? What are the gifts that you want me to put to use? How can I be your heart in the relationship? How can I be a joint that supplies? One thing that we, we had a great, I think it was good Tuesday night, right? About the forgiveness. 
Matthew, I don't remember now, but it, the, that parable about the two slaves. And then uh, Thursday, we, we were reading the Psalms, and then after we finished reading, we started talking, and we talked for another hour, hour and a half, I think. And it was a, a very good open heart conversation. And I think that something is changing. I don't know if anybody confirms that, but I, I feel like something is changing in us. I feel something changing in me. And I, I feel like something is changing in the world. And God is preparing us for a new life, a new, a new identity. And it has to start with you knowing yourself. You allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal yourself to you. Ephesians 4.8, we usually start reading in verse 11, but Ephesians 4.8 says, Therefore it says, he, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. And that means men and women. So each one of us is born with a gift or gifts. Each one of us that has the Holy Spirit, we have along with the Holy Spirit gifts that I'm longing for the day that we will find those gifts and we're going to stir up those gifts and we're going to actually put them to use. I want to find out what are the things that God has given me. Treasures. They're going to have to dig and wait on the Lord and talk to him. Lord, how do you want me to do this? It's not, it's not based on what you're going to do, but you being who you are. A finger cannot be an ear or a toe be an eye. But if you are told, be the best toe you can be. If you're an ear, listen really good. If you're an eye, stay open and see what you need to see. And I thought about just picking up some of those, our beliefs from the, our website. You know, and that's kind of like framing what we believe that the big rocks of what we are supposed to be walking in. And I think that Ephesians 4, 11 to 16 is a big rock for the church today. You know, but what I think that a lot of times is not understood is the ministries are not the emphasis. The emphasis is not in apostles and prophets and evangelists, pastors and teachers. The emphasis is in equipping the saints. We a lot of times we get it all messed up and backwards. And we think we make a big deal out of the ministries. 
And we should be making a big deal out of each cell of the body, each organ of the body, each function of the body. That is a constant flow, right? There's a, the heart pumping life so that every cell is able to survive, not only survive, to thrive and to bless the next cell. And there's a constant flow of receiving, eliminating, and giving. You receive the new life, the new oxygen, the new nutrients. You grow, and then you pass it out. And then there's always the eliminating of what does not belong in the body anymore. And here, I'm going to read this as maybe, I don't know how many times I've read this. And he gave some as apostles, and some as prophets, and some as evangelists, and some as pastors and teachers. But remember, verse 8, right before this one, he said, he gave gifts to men. And he gave these ministries for the equipping of the saints for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ. We are here to be equipped to identify what we are being equipped with, learn how to use the equipment that you have received and put it to use. Until we all God bless this for us. I, this is like, this is a change of paradigm. This is a, a, a rediscovering, fine-tuning your calling, your identity. Yeah. The Lord used everything that he used to bring us up to this point to equip us. But now I think we need to get to know ourselves, discover ourselves. Discover the equipment that we have, the gifts that we have received, like Paul told Timothy. Everything that you receive by the laying on of hands, stir up. Some of those gifts are only in you. And if you are not working, and then again, it's not performance, it's not condemnation, it's not somebody demanding anything from you, it's you being who you are. You walking before your father, discovering gifts that he gave to you, and that you give that back to him in worship, in thankfulness. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we're no longer God bless this for us. We're no longer children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. I, I'm so tired of this. I do not want to be a child anymore. I want to know you. And I want to know myself. I want to be able to say I am what I am by the grace of God. 
I am what I am by the grace of God. It doesn't matter what anybody thinks about me. I know because I know because I know. Then you cannot be moved by praise and you cannot be moved by criticism. Because you're only moved by your relationship with the Father. And your identity does not come from what you do, but who you are to Him. Thus, no longer, we're no longer to be children, tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of man, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom, whom the whole body, being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. And I'm going to finish this really quick. John 17, 11. He says, I do not ask, on be oh, I am no longer in the world. John 17, 11. I am no longer in the world, and yet they themselves are in the world. And I come to you. Holy Father, keep them in your name. Put, your, put his name upon you. The name which you have given me, that they may be one even as we are one. This is talking about the unity of Ephesians 4, where everybody's going to come and everybody's going to move in who they are. Just like the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, they move exactly in who each one is without competing, without one being better than the other, the Father giving glory to the Son, the Son giving glory to the Father, and that's where we, we are moving into. And then he continues, verse 20, I do not be asked on behalf of this alone, but for those also who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, Oh, my God. <clears throat> that they may also be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. Now listen to this. We heard this before. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them. That they may be one, just as we are one. That they may be perfected in unity so that the world may, not, may know that you sent me and loved them even as you lo have loved me. I believe this is true. I say, Lord, I believe this is true, but I want to know it. I want to experience it. I want to not talk about your glory. The glory which you have given me, I have given to them. I want to see it. I want to feel it. I want to see it manifest in our relationships. I want to taste and see the goodness of the Lord. 
I don't want to grow unbelieving. I want to grow experiencing you. I don't want to hear about it. Like Job, my, I heard about it, but now my eyes see you. And I think that that's where we are. I am in my walk with God. God, I, I, I know, I read, I, I believe the Bible, but now I want you to be real. And he is real. But I want this to, the reality of it produce change. It's starting with changing me. So that the world may know that you sent me and loved them even as you have loved me. I want to know the love of the Father like Jesus knew the love of the Father. And like we were talking before, it's hard because a lot of times we take our identity from things that we do, from other relationships, from a, a, a religious organization, right? Or your, your, your job, you know, and th that's not who we are. We were born to be worshipers and to be in a relationship with the Father. And that's all that we're going to have left one day. <laughs> is this relationship with him and knowing him and knowing who he chose me to be. And part of us getting to know that is this oneness. I, I think that this is so in interesting because he is praying, he's at, at the right hand of the Father praying for oneness. And it seems like the spirit prevailing right now is division. It's isolation. And it's almost like I have to fight against it. I have to fight for this oneness. I have to fight to be in this body of Christ, giving and receiving. And oneness is everything. You know, I'm... Matthew 22, 36 to 40, it's a conversation between the Pharisees and Jesus. And he's saying, what is the great, greatest commandment? Thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart and love your neighbor. And I like that because it simplifies all the things. You don't need to know, understand all the Torah and all the commandments and everything. He said, on these two commandments depend the whole law and the prophets. I bless that for us this week. As we give ourselves to prepare our hearts to walk in a new year, a new heart, a new day of our walk with God, we, we let go of the past, we forgive, and we ask for his blessing. And we say, Lord, give us this ability to be in the body as it pleases you. It's not as I think, because it's never the way I think. And that's why, why I walk with God is a lot of times painful. Because we have our expectations, and he has to come and say, I'm sorry, but this is not the way it's going to be. But what did I do wrong? No, there's nothing wrong. There's no condemnation. It's just a learning, a maturing process. And a lot of times, 
letting go of our independence or immaturity is painful. But he's wanting, I think he wants us to learn how to be a body, not an organization. And we were talking about that before, you know, Lord help us to learn the interdependence where we can be there for one another as you want us to be. I think that, that was it. We continue to bless one another. We continue to just hold one another before the Lord. So many questions. So many things that I, I do not know and I'm just saying, Lord, you make it clear for us. But in the meantime, let us love you and let us love one another. You know, and we, we, we bless everything that's happening around us. You know, there is... There's a lot of bad stuff, but there's a lot of good stuff. You know, and there's a lot of good and bad. There are answers to prayers. You know, and, and I really think that we are right down in your journal what's going on. Because your grandkids, they're going to ask you. They're going to be reading the history books about this pandemic, about this Israel peace deals, you know, about the falling of nations and the rising of nations, about the, the economy, about the health, about everything that's happening right now. You know, like 50 years from now, it's gonna be in history books. <laughs> Because the world is changing. And, and, and again, you cannot expect everything to be easy, you know, when there is so much that needs to be destroyed. I mean, that's Jeremiah. You know, you're going to plant and build and take down and destroy. You know, and that is where we are, and we prayed for this. You know, we prayed, we sang the song, be it done unto me, Lord. How many times, how many times we pray the Lord's Prayer? Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And we should not be surprised. <laughs> we shouldn't, we could not be surprised. We can't be, because the Lord is longing. <laughs> and not only that, he is answering. But when he answers his prayers, it's above and beyond what we can ask or think. And it is a lot of times using you as the agent of change. But before he uses you, he changes you. And even if he, in the process it doesn't feel like that, when you cry out to him like David, it moves his heart. It pleases his heart. When you're hiding in a cave, and my prayer this morning, like, why did you forsake me, like David? Why did you forsake me? Why did you allow all, all this to happen? I think that the father's like, yeah, now, now he's getting closer to me. Now he's not really distracted by all the other things that gave him security. 
Now he's realizing that he needs me and nothing else. So in one sense, the father is like, you know, like a child finally asking, Dad, can you help me? And the dad, yeah, sure. I was just waiting for you to ask. You know, and so to me, I want to say, Daddy, I do not want to depend on anything else. Can you help me? Can you help me get through another day? You know, can you help me tie my shoes? You know, and so, Lord, we bless this week. We bless our preparations for tabernacles. Amen.